Hi, I'm Paul Johnson. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Life Support. I have a, a certain positivity yeah. in my top five strengths. And so going into it, I actually felt pretty good. My medical chart was pretty clean. And I don't, I don't think I really sensed how seriously sick I was. Although, I suppose in, in another sense, I would have been surprised if it had been just nothing. It is a journey so many have been on, and all of us have been affected by cancer, either directly or indirectly. Well, David Stay is Pastor Paul's guest today, talking about how a stage four diagnosis has impacted his own life and those of people around him. Welcome to Life Support. Everything you do from then on is different. One of the detectives, I think his name was He was a golden boy. All we can do right now is come together. Extreme domestic violence, multiple rapes. Hey, it's good to have you with us on Life Support. I'm so glad you're here. And what we do on this program is we tell stories and we talk about redemption and what Jesus is doing in the lives of people. And it's exciting to tell another story today and happens to be a really good friend of mine. His name is David Stay. He's a financial advisor. He is a a staple of our church here in Minnetonka, Minnesota. And David, it's so great to have you. It's great to be here. Now, I'm glad you're here, but I kind of wish you weren't because the reason you're here is to tell a God-honoring story, but not an easy story. Mm -hmm. So your your wife is the uh, children's director here. Uh uh, You have two uh, wonderful children, um, high school aged, yep. And um, you have this beautiful family, and um, about, what, four years ago? Five. Five years ago, yeah. everything changed, right? And uh, why don't you just tell me, wherever you want to start, yeah. what that was like, what's been happening, and, and we'll just walk through what God has been up to here during this journey. Yeah, great. Yeah, so thanks for the, thanks for the setup. So five, we just celebrated uh, our five-year cancerversary. Is what you end up calling it, yeah. When you uh, when you enter this club, I guess. Uh, and so, yeah, everything everything changed uh, five years ago. On it was, I think it was June twenty seventh. A um, little bit of the uh, the background to that is, uh, uh, I have always been pretty healthy guy. Uh, I was forty four years old at the time, and I had had an annual physical that spring. And I'm kind of a big annual physical guy, and everything was good and normal. Um, you know, all the blood work was good. Uh, I did share in that moment that I'd had, you know, a little bit of change in some bowel activity. Um, but again, the blood work looked great, and there was, wasn't anything that was too serious. And, you know, so we, we talked about, you know, some modifications, whether it be to diet or mm-hmm. some kind of an over-the-counter supplement or what have you, and just kind of went on my way. And... Uh, couple months later, I had started to really notice some changes in the bathroom. Um, I won't be too graphic, but uh, mm-hmm. I was having bleeding, mm-hmm. uh, intestinal bleeding. And uh, so having, having just been at my annual physical, uh, I, I obviously felt like I was in pretty good shape. And so we watched it, and I watched this go on. You know, my wife, Lori, and I watched this go on for about four weeks, which is about as long as anybody you know, really ought to yeah. sort of mm-hmm. watch some of this at home. And, mm-hmm. you know, there are a couple of things that went through my mind. Um, 
you know, I was getting a little bit older. So some of the, the bowel changes, I mean, that can happen. Yep. Um, the bleeding, I sort of loosely connected to a build that uh, I had done with a group for Habitat for Humanity. And so we'd been out on a build site for a couple of days, lifting some heavy trusses and things like that as mm-hmm. we were establishing some flooring. And so I, I sort of chalked it up to a hemorrhoid or some kind of strenuous, right? Just, yeah. you know. Normal stuff. Normal stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, again, that went on for about four weeks. And I went back and I saw my primary doctor. And the way I like to say it is, is he just took one look at me, didn't even examine me, and just sent me immediately uh, or as quickly as we could get me in, which was in uh, a couple of weeks, sent me over to Methodist, the endoscopy center for a colonoscopy. And, you know, I was 44 years old. Yeah. And so a little bit ahead of the curve, mm-hmm. you know, for somebody that, mm-hmm. you know, historically would have maybe been recommended something like that at the age of 50. Yeah. And so, you know, off I went, you know, compliant as I am. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that, that really, that day was the day when really, truly everything started to change. Mm-hmm. So you knew at that point that there was a possibility that something was up as you saw your primary doctor and started to process then? Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's interesting. I um, I was in the over-the-counter healthcare business, the pharmaceutical business for a number of years. I was aware of uh, various cancers and, you know, colon cancer specifically. But, I mean, honestly, I didn't, I didn't contemplate that that's what it was, right? I... There was enough going on that I believed we would discover something. Yeah. Um, but, you know, part of my wiring, as you know, as you said, you know, good friends, we've known each other for over five years. And, yeah. Um, I have a, a certain positivity yeah. in my top five strengths. And so going into it, I actually felt pretty good. My medical chart was pretty clean. And I don't, I don't think I really sensed how seriously sick I was, although... I suppose in, in another sense, I would have been surprised if it had been just nothing. Yeah. Right. Because the bleeding had been so persistent. Right. So how did you then find out exactly what the diagnosis was or when? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, you, you, you do the, the prep, you mm-hmm. know, on a colonoscopy, anybody that's mm-hmm. ever had one, right? There's kind of 24 hours of anticipation. Yeah. And yeah, everybody yeah. tells you that's Anticipation the, is that's, a great word. That's yeah, the that's worst right. part. Yeah. And so I, I remember, you know, in, in, in waiting for the procedure, talking to the nurse, and she said, you know, what are you doing here? You know, there's, there's nothing on your chart. And I just remember thinking, you know, I hope that's the case on the mm-hmm. other side of this thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they turned me to my side, and I was, you know, as sedated as, as you know, we, we all tend to be in that moment. And when I came out, the gastroenterologist said, I have some not-so-good news. Um, I found a tumor in your colon. And I'm 99.9% sure it's cancer. Wow. And so... So just like that. Just like that. You know, I mean, mm. when, you're, when you're sedated, um, you know, it's as though no time has passed at all. And so I woke up. I was still pretty groggy. Um, but I, it certainly wasn't lost on me what she was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I said before, I think had it been nothing, yeah. I think I would have been surprised. But still, even in that moment, Paul, I, I don't think I fully grasped you know, the severity of yet what would still kind of roll out of that. Mm-hmm. And when did that start to make itself clear? Yeah. As to what kind of battle you were up against? Yeah, great question. So I went in for a colonoscopy on a Tuesday, and I got a call on a Thursday, so two days. Um, got a call uh, with uh, the pathology report, and, you know, it was the gastroenterologist again. 
she didn't have a fantastic bedside manner. Um, she doesn't was pretty, sound like it. She yeah. was pretty pointed. And Hi, she, how are you? I've got bad news for you. <laughs> yeah, she said, yeah. you know, yes, it's cancer. You mm-hmm. know, keep your appointment on Friday with the surgeon. I mean, it was literally like that. And wow. she was trying to get off the phone. And I just remember saying, like, wait, you mm-hmm. know, like, hold on a minute here, right? Like, I I don't have any experience with this. I don't know what this means. Right. Um, so, so Thursday we got that news, and one of the things that really stands out to me, and I know we're going to talk a bit about the church as we, as we go here, one of the things that stands out to me is getting in my car after getting that news and driving to my office, which was just you know a handful of miles south in Eden Prairie, and I um, can't remember if I called my friend or if my friend called me, but he picked up the phone. This is a, a brother in the Lord. This is somebody that you know has been a, a part of the church, and, mm-hmm. and when he answered the phone, regardless of how it went, um, I just couldn't speak. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, uh, he answered and I just began to cry. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just, uh, he just listened. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were these long moments of silence. And I just remember him saying, it's okay. You know, yeah. um, I'm still here. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, pretty cool. Uh, yeah. It was a really powerful um lesson <laughs> yeah and yeah. and uh just tough news yeah and how to how to just be yeah sometimes it's shut up and be there mm-hmm. it's all you need yeah you knew he was there yeah i knew he was there so you were the one that got to deliver the news to your family i was i was so you know Lori had been with me in the um you know at the procedure and mm-hmm. so she was getting the news at the same time i was um, I think the kids were actually having a lemonade stand as that pathology mm-hmm. call came in. Mm-hmm. And I was able to share with Lori, yes, it's you know confirmed and so forth. And, and then ultimately, um, it was not until, I believe, that Saturday evening. So I'm, I'm skipping something here. We can come back. But so Friday, Saturday evening, my parents called. And uh, I can kind of talk you through that. But yeah, I was the one that, you know, you know, was going to let them know that they're youngest. I'm the youngest of three boys, right? Had, yeah had cancer and just right. how serious it, it actually was. Yeah. And and how are you feeling about God at this point? Were you numb or were you already starting to um, wrestle with him or what was that like? Yeah. You know, um, let me describe the moment on Friday and then I'll continue sure. to answer the question mm-hmm. through Saturday. So Thursday, we get the pathology report. Friday, um, we sit in front of a surgeon late on a Friday afternoon. And again, positivity at work here. And I'm going in and I'm, and I'm still thinking, yes, it's cancer, but um, we're probably going to just have a conversation with the surgeon here. We're going to figure out how to get it out of there. Yeah. And he says to us after, you know, the establishment of some rapport and small talk, and we liked him and we, were, we felt confident with him. He said, you know, I've been I've been sitting here all day trying to figure out how to tell you this. Oh. Right? And so, oh you know, the gravity is starting to yeah. kind of unfold. And he says, mm-hmm. you know, David, the, the tumor in your colon has spread to your liver mm. and you're stage four. We'll be back with Pastor Paul and David Stay in just a moment. Trauma is a topic of this program week to week. And there's a website that can help all of us Learn how to come alongside others who are going through pain and suffering. It's lifesupportresources.org. The registration is free, and you'll have hundreds of video access, group resources, 
Registration is free, and you'll have access to hundreds of videos, group resources, and webinars from mental health professionals. Again, the site is www.lifesupportresources.org. And now back to Pastor Paul. And, I mean, I knew enough to know that that probably wasn't good. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And um, the way I describe it to people um, as I look back on it is I just I felt like the bottom was sort of falling out from underneath me. Right? It's like this moment where you just you're in a free fall. Right? I mean, it's it's disorienting. And uh, I, I do remember they uh, they came and they brought, you know, a, a wet towel or a wet rag and kind of placed it around my neck. And I, I mean, because I almost passed out. And uh, I, I think that's probably the the bottom in a sense. And, and at that point, things sort of started to uh, just kind of level out a little bit, um, both in terms of the kinds of discussion that I had with the surgeon, but then uh, some time, you know, very uh, soon after with some friends just sitting in a backyard on a patio. Um, I had a conversation with a retired oncologist of 40 years the following Saturday morning. And uh, right about that same time, I'd spent some time in the book of Philippians. And so I was starting to get some answers, mm-hmm. right? I, I will say I was never angry. I really wasn't. Um, I think surprised in the sense of not so much why did this happen to me, but like how could this happen yeah, to me? right. Right? I'm 44 years old. Um, other than the bleeding, there hasn't been any indication. And I just had my annual physical. Yeah. <laughs> right? right. We thought everything was fine. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember at, I remember at the point of sort of expressing some of this to the surgeon, his saying, you know, David, uh, we we call this the silent killer. Wow. Right. Like that's why we call it the silent killer. You know, so, again, pretty, pretty weighty. Yeah. You know, conversation. But um, it wasn't long when, uh, you know, we really started to get some footing and, and get some traction, you know, both you know, uh, in faith, yeah. you know, and in, and in uh, you know, medical reality. Yeah, well, you and, and Lori had um, lived in another city down south for quite a while, and you were plugged into that church. You had a network there. You had a network up here of friends. Yeah. How important were those other believers at this moment to help just float you through this transitional period where you're trying to figure out kind of what's next? Yeah. Critical, mm-hmm. critical. I think I even heard you say this. Um, there are things that we do in advance. And, and of course, I had no idea. I had no reason to expect, right, that I was preparing for this kind of a fall, if mm-hmm. that's the way of putting it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that you just kind of reminded me of was, uh, so we were in northwest Arkansas at a, a, a great, you know, Bible church like this. Um Fellowship Bible Church in Northwest Arkansas, and I was meeting together with uh, some other guys, and we would meet at this place called Dave's Pizza and Subs, and we would, you know, it was food, and it was good fellowship, and and the time wasn't overly intentional, but we would do some reading, you know, of C.S. Lewis, for example, or we would do some Bible, you know, some Mm -hmm. scripture memory, and the first verse that I ever memorized in that context was the so-called James verse, right? James 1, 2 through 4, that says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many mm-hmm. kinds, because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance. 
Then it goes on to say how perseverance must finish its work so that you might be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. And so that verse, you know, had literally been written on my heart in 2006, 2007, right? So, I mean, like mm-hmm. 10 years yeah. earlier, you know, 10 years earlier preparation. And so that became a well, right? That became a, a life source. Um, and then you mentioned, you know, just kind of the, the local body of believers. And uh, we had a family uh, that we had known from our time at our previous church, you know, mm-hmm. prior to to coming here. And, you know, they were some of the first people to say to us, hey, um, you know, you've got this appointment with this surgeon or you've got your appointment with this oncologist. Why don't, on the way, why don't you stop by, drop mm-hmm. off the kids? They'll just hang out here. And they began to meet both a very practical need, right? At that point, I mean, so five years ago, my son was 10, my daughter was eight. Yeah. And so we had some very real needs. We weren't about to start yeah. dragging kids into, yeah. you know, oncology appointments. Right. Yeah. And uh, so they, they were there for us both practically, but also just creating space for us, you know, and, and they'll know who they are if they get a chance to listen to this. I, I remember, you know, it was a beautiful, you know, early July evening, you know, just sitting on their back patio, um, with all the green space and um, and just, uh, again, taking as much time as really was necessary for us to begin to process, you know, what we were going through and, um, and start to share, you know, what mm-hmm. we thought the implications of all of this were going to be, what the plan could be. And, uh, and they, they, they were phenomenal at, at really serving us, loving us, receiving us. Yeah, I think uh, that um, I, I can relate to... You know the relationship building, the the time spent investing in your knowledge of who God is. Um, when you when you have a shock, and I've had to drive home a couple of times with news for my kids. Um, you know, my wife was going to die from cancer, and my son had been killed, and I had to drive out to meet the killer and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You can't think really, mm-hmm. and but the Holy Spirit. Is hard at work. Yeah. <laughs> and this, these things you've done to invest begin to really take hold. And, yes. and, and the wording starts to form, and you begin to remember Scripture. And uh, it, that's a powerful, powerful thing. Yeah. And, and so even though you, you know this is really bad, like you not in, you're not like living the dream. Like this is, this is difficult stuff. Right. God is definitely there, and you know it. Yeah, no question. No question about that. No question that. about it. Yeah. And so, all right, so um, I wish we had like an hour and a half because this is, this is really intriguing. And, and, but now let's, let's fast forward a little bit because we're, we're going to have you back, but we want to also give some hope to this before the, our first program runs out. But mm. you've been fighting this now for uh, five years. For five years. And you, you joke about your positivity, <laughs> but it's your, probably your greatest strength, I would say. Yeah, it's, it's definitely in the top five strengths. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think it's been hugely helpful, right? Like, yeah. so God, God made me that way. Right. So yep. that's that is a gift. You know, that is a strength. It's a bona fide strength that, that he gave me uh, well in advance of any of this. Yep. And yeah, I think it's I think it served me really well. Um, I don't ever want to come across as, uh, you know, like a pie in the sky kind of a person. Yeah. Right. Or kind of rainbows and unicorns or whatever. But, um, yeah, there's been something at work, you know, that, that's God given. That's, you know, just really got us, uh, you know, believing and, and hoping in uh, uh 
in in the best things that, that God still has for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's very obvious. And it's not it's not fake. It's not pie in the sky. It's just who you are, and and your faith combined with that um, has been really inspirational uh, to watch you. And it's been, you know, sometimes it's harder to watch people go through it even than it is to go through it. If that makes any sense, it because does. you just hurt for your friends and you hurt for the people around you. And um, now you're you're about ready to you know you're doing well. But you still got some challenges. So where are we right now? So we can give these folks something to pray about. Yeah. And um, some hope because a lot of, I guess, can I say good things have come out of this? And yes. you're on. You're, you're doing good, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's true. That's yeah. true. So there's a, there's a tremendous amount of gratitude in the sense that if we were to be believing in statistics, right, and trusting in, in man, right, like we would not be here. Yeah. Perhaps. Right. right. And yet we are. Uh, mm-hmm. Five plus years later, and and there has been a lot of good. Um, so where we are is uh, we are currently no evidence of disease. So after having a stage four cancer diagnosis with a tumor in my colon that had spread to my liver and multiple, you know, metastases or lesions or tumors on my liver, we are no evidence of disease for the fifth time. And there have been these incredible seasons that God has provided. Uh, you know, sometimes 18 months, uh, other times mm-hmm. seven, eight, nine months, right? But these mm-hmm. these really wonderful seasons where uh, we don't have any disease and we're living life as as fully and and, and normally, yeah, right, as as we can. And so we are back in one of those seasons. Um, we're on the verge of a clinical trial. So after uh, five surgeries and most recently an ablation, which mm-hmm. is like a uh, a demolition, mm-hmm. a, a microwave. Yeah, microwaving that tumor di- or whatever. Di- you know, demolition of, of, of yeah. a small tumor on my liver. We're back in a place, no evidence of disease, and contemplating and, God willing, beginning a clinical trial next week that we hope will uh, will end this journey, right? And that we'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll be on the other side uh, with, with no... Uh, not only radiographic, what they call radiographic evidence of disease, but no underlying or so-called mm-hmm. re- residual disease mm-hmm. of any kind. So we're hoping, mm-hmm. we're hoping to be free uh, very soon. That's a great, that's a great prayer. And you're, you, you have a lot of people right now who will get on their knees and pray about this. Yeah. Um, okay, we've got one minute. All right. Okay. The number one thing you've learned about God in the last five years. Mm. Yeah, hard, impossible question. That's why I like to ask it. <laughs> yeah, just the faithfulness of God. Just the faithfulness of God in all things. Um, that God's faithfulness, God's goodness, um, the sovereignty of God, mm-hmm. uh, God's sovereign power put to good work, His providence. Right, none of that is dependent on my circumstances. Right, God is mm-hmm. so faithful. Mm-hmm. He just is, and. Uh, you know, sometimes there's the temptation, right? We say things like, God is good, yeah. right? We say God is good, like in yeah. a moment of triumph. Yeah. And the reality is, is that he's always good, right? But he's- man, when it's tested, you know, like that's when you find out for sure. And um, sometimes circumstances don't always line up with that. And that's when you walk by faith. Mm-hmm. And, and that again, that's where that investment pays off because you know God well enough to right. know that he's going to do what he said, even if you're not quite sure how that's all going to work out. Yes. And and that's pretty exciting. And, and you know, David, we, ha- we haven't talked about the fact that, you're, you know, you're very involved with uh, our music here. You're up front a lot singing, and it's such an inspiration to see you up there praising God, you know, fully, 
Mm. And, and knowing that you still are on this journey, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you got to go through chemo again, and and, mm-hmm. and that's not easy. Yeah. But there you are praising God, and what a what a wonderful encouragement that is mm-hmm. to 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 our church body and to all of us. Yeah, thank you. And so you can have, I say something about you, that? Yeah, you Just sure real can. Quickly. Yep. Um, you know, it's the author of Hebrews that says that you know faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Yep. Um, it's alternatively put by one theologian who says that faith is believing the promises of God. And the music ministry here has been such a gift to me, right? These songs, um, these uh, these words of Scripture, right, um, mm-hmm. are, are written on my heart, uh, right? Every yeah. time that, you know, we worship together on a, a Tuesday night in the summer, right? Every time that we do that two times on a Sunday morning here, right? So it's... Uh, I know that it's been an encouragement to others, been a tremendous encouragement to me. Yeah, well, I'm glad because uh, you're a special person. And hey, listen, if you're wondering about, you know, something that you're going through and how you're going to manage it, and you've just heard David talk about the power of God, um, you know, just take a moment now and just ask the Lord to walk alongside of you, and he will bring people along. And remember what you've read in Scripture and the things that you believe, because they're just as true right now as they were before whatever you're experiencing began. I want to thank our partners for helping make this program happen at MyFaithRadio.com. You can see a video version of this podcast at FiveStoneMedia.com, and you can check us out here at Ridgewood at MyRWC.org. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time right here on Life Support. Life Support is a presentation of Ridgewood Church in Minnetonka, Minnesota, and Five Stone Media. to this Life Support Podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. To avoid missing future editions of Life Support, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and grow the impact of Life Support.